Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I've actually got to flip away real quick because I got a pizza to deliver. Like always, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, friend, and the man that I'm going to say, why can't you come up here and fight like a spider? Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? I'm good. You were really buttering me up with the compliments there. Are you trying <laughs> to get under my skirt? <clears throat> <laughs> No, I, I think not. He throws those out there sometimes. It seems a little inappropriate, but I digress. Yeah, I, and I know. I mean, there's there's some pretty good ones. The the month of Spider-Man continues. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. The month of Spider. We are talking about other Spider media, so not not really comic books and not the movies. Uh, more kind of this some of the stuff that I feel like has kept Spider Fever alive past just uh other stuff that's kept the interest of Spider-Man going uh, for a while, which is some of the animated stuff with uh, particularly several different generations defining uh, defining uh, Spider-Man shows as well as some defining video games. And just wanted to talk about those because it's a lot of fun. And, you know, at a certain point when we realize that there's three episodes based around Spider-Man and his um, multiversal uh existence you kind of realize you know it was just make an entire month out of it so yeah it's what we do here to try and fill the schedule but uh yeah i mean some of these things are arguably some of the reasons why we probably like you said kept that that spider-man fandom alive in between Maybe when there weren't movies or movies that perhaps weren't so great. So I think these other types of media are important to keep the fervor of any fandom going strong. Miguel. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that just shows you that the importance of um, a care, like a base character uh, that no matter how many bad movies, bad TV shows, because there's definitely some bad TV shows and bad video games, because there's a lot of those. Of course. Like, it just keeps you, you know, coming back for more and more and more. It's because these, this character and this story is very, uh, speaks to, I feel like, I feel like it speaks to a lot of people. And I'll actually touch on a quote that I really appreciate about why potentially Spider-Man does that i mean you you can start us off oh, okay if you'd like yeah no i think it's so the quote is um it's toxic it's stanley uh and i'm going to paraphrase him here i'm not going to it's not going to be direct i'm not going to cite my sources uh with you know mla format or chicago style or whatever he talked was talking in an interview that i saw in doing some research for the many spider episodes we've done so far where he talks about the the wonderful fantasticness of spider-man is is that his costume above a lot of the other costumes that are used for a lot of superheroes especially during that golden age of comics was different than a lot of other people the x-men you could see faces or parts of them you know superman didn't even wear a mask whatsoever and a lot of these superheroes with the few exceptions you would be able to see some part of them to help you identify with who they were uh, with ethnicity, race, all that type of stuff. And Spider-Man is one of the few that you couldn't do that with. He wore a full suit, didn't really have any sort of distinguishing features or uh, aesthetic that could make him one race or another. The man part of his name kind of picked uh, was kind of a big part of the gender, but that's something that Stan really liked. And it was purely by happenstance. They didn't mean that to be like part of his character, but Stan really grew into liking that, that the fact is, is that Spider-Man could be anybody. Anybody could see themselves in Spider-Man because he was fully costumed. He was somebody that you could put yourself into. And so that's why I think this character has done so well over the years is like one of these mainstays, not just because of his arguably interesting stories, uh, the kind of, you know, a superhero that is an A-list superhero, but consistently feels and acts like, you know, a B or even a C-list hero. Yeah. Uh, I still love, I think it's even in the animated series, he makes a joke about like 
crawling through the sewers, how you never see like uh, Captain America or Iron Man crawling through the sewers. It's always Spider-Man. And it's because he does truly feel like sometimes a C-list superhero or B-list superhero in comparison to who he actually is, which is top tier. Um, but I like that. I think that's why Spider-Man has endeared, has persisted as a character, a mainstay of media through television, movies, video games, comic books, obviously. Uh, I think there's even uh, novels, like novelizations of stuff out there. So, and a pretty rockin' album, I hear. <laughs> I hear the same, and I have some more to add to that in a little bit. But yeah, um, I like what you said about all that. I think that's all certainly true. And I think for the 1994 Spider-Man, the animated series, that is absolutely the take that they were going for with all that. And in addition to anyone being able to see themselves as Spider-Man, he is certainly cast in this show as being the everyman. He has, you know, everyday normal problems that we all deal with. And Kids are maybe a little too young to understand all of this, but adults watching with their kids will be like, oh, yeah, well, that poor guy. I've been there before. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. So let's let's start talking about the, the 1994 TV uh, TV show. That's the one you wanted to start us off with, right? Yep. So this was part of the Fox Kids Network block, along with most notably the X-Men animated series. It was comprised of five seasons and 65 episodes, all of which are now available to watch on Disney plus. I probably watched this show more than any other superhero show besides Batman, the animated series when I was a kid. And that's more than likely where a lot of my fandom is derived from were those two shows. It's probably why those are my two favorite superheroes to this day. And I uh, <laughs> I went back to watch this and prep for this episode. And Michael, you know how it is. Whenever you go back to watch a 90s cartoon or movie or really any media from that time period, you kind of go into it with, you know, the mindset you're going to take everything with a grain of salt because, well, this might not hold up as well as I remember it, you know, <laughs> 20 some odd years ago. And to be fair, um, the show is dated in some aspects. Um, they had planned to like make all the backgrounds of the show completely CGI while Spider-Man swings around New York. But because of budget constraints, they had to use traditional cell-based animation and occasionally use CGI backgrounds uh, made by a video game developer. And so they had to reuse a lot of animation as the series progressed. And after you've been through like three or four seasons of said show and you're an adult and you're noticing these things, which I'm sure kids couldn't give a crap about, but you do start to notice that, yeah, I've seen kind of the same panning shot of the city. <laughs> that looks like it came out of my parents' Windows 96 computer about eight or nine times so far in this series. So it is dated in those respects and that's fine. That's not really, you know, the appeal of the show. I don't think what the show does really well. And to continue with your point is that Peter is very much, you know, he's the everyman, And so anybody could be Spider-Man. Uh, this version of Peter Parker is, going to be pretty familiar i think to anybody who's a fan of the classic version of the character he's moonlighting at the daily bugle to help support his aunt may and he's dealing with the fact that his boss while he you know certainly respects him to some extent is running smear campaigns against spider-man on the front page of the daily bugle that being the legendary j jonah jameson voiced by the late Ed Asner in this show. And while also simultaneously trying to, you know, get through school, attending uh, Dr. Connor's classes, also balancing various romantic interests from 
characters such as, of course, Mary Jane Watson, but also Felicia Hardy, who I feel like gets a little bit more shine in this show than she does in other popular media featuring Spider-Man and more on that in a bit. But yeah, I mean, other than, you know, having to deal with multiple romantic options, like there's a lot of things working against this guy. And that's what I think endears Spider-Man to a lot of people. Um, I also think the show gives you a pretty in-depth look into just the, the overall, you know, library of Marvel characters. Like there are crossovers with the X-Men, including, you know, the same voice actors who play those characters in the X-Men show. There's also characters such as Daredevil who show up here, Iron Man, War Machine, Morbius, Blade, etc., etc. So you do get a pretty a pretty big exploration of Marvel canon as a whole, which I think is pretty cool. His rogues gallery is at full play here. You're pretty much going to see every character under the sun and not just, you know, famous ones such as Kingpin, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, uh, Venom, Carnage, but even the spot, which we talked about last week on the Across the Spider-Verse episode. So you do have a pretty widespread rogues gallery here. Um, I also appreciate that we get Mark Hamill as the Hobgoblin in this show, which sounds a little bit like the Joker from the Batman show, but just different enough. So it's not a total ripoff, but they clearly told him to just uh, lean into that for that role. So that was amusing to me. Um, and then uh, Hank Azaria as well uh, voices a character in this show. So you get a, you get a pretty impressive voice cast. Uh, Hank Azaria is Eddie Brock slash Venom. And yeah, man, I mean, Overall, it's a good time. It's got a kick. It's got a catchy theme song slash intro, which I've started skipping as I've gotten through more episodes because I've seen it a bunch of times. But you know, it, it it's iconic. So there's a lot to enjoy here. Um, I feel like the character himself, Peter Parker, Spider Man, is very much that classic quippy, uh, sarcastic version of Peter, but also you know the one who's going to fight the good fight and, you know, is not going to waver in the face of uh, adversity or anything like that. So yeah, it's, I feel like it holds up pretty well overall, all things considered. That's good. I've, I've thought about going back to it every once in a while as a series um, just because it is something that I have like a very fond memory of. So yeah. Hmm. Uh, Felicia Hardy, who also portrayed, I'm sorry, let's try that again. Felicia Hardy, who we also see the alter ego version of, uh, that being Black Cat, um, is voiced by Jennifer Hale, who is somewhat of a nerd icon herself. Um, been in various video games as a voice actor, uh, including. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic as Bastila and the Mass Effect series as the female Commander Shepard. So she got her, I guess, somewhat of her start here, which I thought was pretty cool. Also, Kingpin in this show is like, I'd say, the constant as the <laughs> villain. Um, every other character kind of comes and goes in terms of villains like you know, like you were saying last week, having villains of the week, like that's pretty common in this show. Kingpin is kind of always around, though, and working all the angles and forming alliances with other villains and then being betrayed by those villains and then getting revenge on those villains. And it's 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 back and forth. Um, also, of course, the infamous uh, Madam Web is also here as well. So it's. It's a it's a fun time. I mean, I don't think you go into this expecting like amazing like animation or fight scenes, but you know, for a mid '90s show that is just trying to respect the lore and 
not play down to kids too much while still being a kid's show. It, it, it pulls that off pretty efficiently, I feel like. I mean, I think it, it deals with some interesting topics. I think it does a, a good blend of respecting the source material where it did have lines that are similar to the comics, like storyline, if I remember correctly, with Scorpion is that it is somebody that J. Jonah Jameson hires effectively to be the Scorpion. And in the original comics, that's also what happened as well. Then there's some other things here and there. Uh, it's I do think this one gets a little, I don't want to say preachy, but it is interesting that like uh, Ben Riley is the one that we made fun of in the uh, Across the Spider-Verse with like being like, oh, so dark, oh, blah, blah, all that type of stuff. Um, and kind of this Spider-Man, I feel like almost every, if I remember correctly, I feel like almost every other episode, he was just like, I can't be Spider-Man. And it's like, I guess I have to be Spider-Man to save everybody. I can't be Spider-Man. I guess I have to be Spider-Man because it's a better world out there because of me. I can't be Spider-Man. And he just goes back and forth. I feel like so much that I, I, I got tired of the whole thing. It it is their favorite trope. I feel like <laughs> the, the the most frequent recurring theme that you see in the in the series. So that's yeah. definitely fair. Also, uh, just kind of juggling like the balance between like his romantic life and also whether or not he wants to continue being Spider Man, which can you know wear on you a little bit it also gets kind of funny too though because felicia hardy falls in love with spider-man at one point while peter is also trying to date <laughs> her and peter asks her out on a date she rejects him saying that oh no there's somebody else and peter goes i can't believe this i'm competing with myself <laughs> so stuff like that humor to it which which i appreciate I mean, yeah, I think that's the the fun stuff, the fun moments of this show happens a lot of there are moments that make me go, oh, oh, Peter. <laughs> oh, oh, you silly fool. Yeah, I also found it a bit amusing to see some of the and I granted I haven't read a ton of comics, so a lot of this could be derived directly from the source material, but things in this show that were also utilized in some of the movies that we've seen like for example uh norman osborne seeing the green goblin like in mirrors but mm -hmm. of course it's the actual green goblin and not just willem dafoe doing both parts but uh, <laughs> that and then later on when harry is about to become the green goblin him also seeing the goblin in the and stuff i'm like oh cool well, they they use that in the movies so just seeing you know some of those connections was kind of interesting to me having seen a bunch of the movies now and not having watched this show in, in quite some time i mean fair it's like i said i think they did a really good job of kind of blending those worlds of comics and acknowledging like oh yeah like this is where this is coming from but i know that there's also like the whole there's like the whole story that Captain America isn't the, a super soldier. I think it's like the Forgotten Six or something like that storyline yeah. yeah. uh, where it turns out it's like, oh, Cap wasn't re the real super soldier. It was really Blue Marvel, who's a whole different character in the comic books. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the wizard. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting, like the storylines they took on and uh, kind of changed. And yeah, yeah, it it definitely does do that. And to your point earlier as well, he does make that joke when he's crawling through the sewers about, well, Captain America or whoever A-list hero doesn't have to do this. <laughs> da, da, da. So that, that is definitely a thing. Um, they do err a little bit on the kid-friendly side in some ways. Uh, for example, Spider-Man never punches anyone in this show. Uh, they did not want kids to emulate that. So <laughs> all he ever does is use his web shooters or maybe throw up a villain or do a swinging kick or something like that. So you see a lot of the same combat over and over again. And that's why I say you definitely do not want to watch this show just for the action because you'll be a little disappointed. But um, also... Morbius as a character, I guess because they didn't want to scare kids. He is not 
he is not out for blood to sustain his thirst, but he needs the plasma. 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 <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that. That cracked me up pretty good. So they there are those instances there. Um, and in regards to the theme song, it was com- it was performed rather by Joe Perry, the guitarist of the band Aerosmith. So you can thank him for that that nice little guitar rift that is present in that theme. Yeah, just a pretty good one. I remember it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it rocks pretty hard for you know 1994. Not bad. <laughs> so I would say for your kids, very safe show. And this is not going to, you know, make you hate yourself if you will sit down to watch it with them. You'll probably roll your eyes at certain things, but you, <laughs> you can sit down and watch for the show and, you know, have a decent time, especially if you're a fan of the character. Yeah, I think so. It's 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 pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. So that was what I grew up with. Um, but there's been something a little more recent that uh, arguably surpassed this in terms of being a a a faithful yet excellent adaptation of all things spider-man so why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah so this one um so this is the the spectacular spider-man animated series um which came out in the early 2000s if i remember correctly i think it was 2008 uh yeah 2008 was when it originally released and it was kind of it, it did a little blending of like ultimate storylines as well as traditional uh 616 type uh spider-man stuff and it was pretty well critically received uh i remember watching it uh pretty faithfully loyally like tuning in uh to see it because i did really enjoy the stories that they were telling i thought they were really fun and interesting yeah, I, I feel like the stories they did were pretty well. Um, I was actually watching it the other night and Lindsay was like, man, he's I don't like him as a character. And I was just like, well, I think you're forgetting that he's like a teenager and he's <laughs> not the most like he, I don't think he's supposed to be the most favorite character in the show. So appreciate uh, the kind of stories they were telling. They dealt a lot. They dealt with a lot of uh emotions and intrigue and kind of there was a little mystery throughout the entire series it only ran for two seasons unfortunately and and unfortunately on that point too it ends on like a cliffhanger so you watch two seasons and you're really into it mm-hmm. and then bah, 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 sorry not a not 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 you can't keep watching it it's all done yeah can yeah you just talk real quickly about why it was canceled was it just you know budget reasons or ratings or something like that. So I don't think it was budget. Re- they were hoping to actually reach five seasons, uh, resulting in 65 total episodes, but they only got to two seasons and 26 episodes. And okay. unfortunately it was mostly just around the ratings ratings, essentially heard it kind of towards the season two. That's too bad. Cause that same rationales would also did in, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which I thought was a pretty good show. So it's too bad. Yeah. And there's talks about doing it further. And maybe, hey, um, they do decide to go on because, you know, they brought him. They brought this Spider-Man back in Across the Spider-Verse. He's one of the characters, that uh, one of the animated ones that gets a speaking line that's slightly different than everybody else. So. Right maybe they look at doing something maybe they do a movie i feel like there's a lot of tv shows that are that have kind of fallen by the wayside that are now getting like resurrections in animated form or uh not animated but like directed dvd videos i think like uh, this is very different than a spider-man but like uh venture brothers uh Mm -hmm. is getting its own like uh set uh separate experience and so yeah i don't know it's just of interesting process that we're the world we're living in right now for media is pretty interesting because maybe it comes back as a movie and maybe we can get some closure on like it like i said it ends on a pretty big cliffhanger uh eddie brock loses the venom symbiote but then peter like takes it and buries it uh and then eddie comes back to bring it back and he tricks peter into showing to him where it was it was this whole thing and so 
it's sad that it doesn't get continued. And then you're like, all right, cool. And then will he, won't he get back with Gwen Stacy and he's doing uh, Harry and Norman Osborne are in there and it's yeah. Um, so you said it ends on a cliffhanger, which is kind of a bummer for anybody who's really getting into it. So what would be the reason that you would pitch to somebody who hasn't watched the show to go and you know, consume these two seasons, uh, knowing that going in. So I think the reason you want to watch it is because it is, it is like a pretty good story. They follow series really well in just kind of developing characters and relationships. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's a solid story. That's the reason you should watch it. The animation's okay. Uh, they do some interesting stuff with some of the characters. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's all I got. It's, it's a good story and that's the reason you should watch it. Sounds kind of like a lame reason. Um, but yeah. All right. So I, I, because what I've heard about this show just from looking it up and reading, you know, a few reviews and whatnot is that it is like the, like faithful animated adaption of spider-man as a character so that was kind of appealing to me especially it being something more recent do you think it lives up to that or is that maybe a little i think it's a i think it's a solid adaptation of of him as a character yes i don't think it's a faithful adaptation because he seems to um he kind of seems dumb to me sometimes and really annoying as a character that I don't really get through other medias, uh, mm. like other media interpretation of him. So I still think he's interesting. I just don't think he's the most faithful. Uh, plus he's like weirdly obsessed with like, uh, some like popular girls and age. He's just got kind of a different type of function. Also, there's some really weird, uh, sorry. I'm now, now you're thinking now, now I'm thinking about these types of things. Um, uh, he has like this weird thing of like he hits on uh, Betty Ross, who is the secretary at the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. And she is much older than him. Like she's 20 and he's like a, I think a junior in this, this season. Uh, so like 17 on the, the good side. And they like the show is just like really okay with him hitting on her. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this as a, as a person. So. Right. Yeah. Shooting his shot in a way. I, I guess like power to him, but it's. <laughs> See, it's, I don't, it's, I feel like I wouldn't picture Peter in high school being confident enough to do something like that. Right. That's kind of the thing. So I feel like they want to tell stories of him being outside of college Okay. And then I feel or like outside of high school, but then they kind of are stuck with the fact that they want to do a a high school story. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of sounds like they did not want to just rehash what was I guess adapted before in other shows. They kind of wanted to maybe do something a little more modern in their mind. Potentially, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense, but it sounds like overall you enjoyed it. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it is fun. It is enjoyable. It is not the hardest thing to watch through. There are certain storylines where you're just like, okay, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so. More than fair, more than fair. I, mm-hmm. I think, and you touched on a few of the other um, animated series last week when, we were going through our across the spider verse episode, but would you say that these two shows are kind of the definitive animated versions of Spider-Man or is there somebody else that folks should check out? So I have, and I don't, I don't want to send you too far down a rabbit hole. No. In case somebody's curious. Oh, you've opened this can of worms, Jesse. It's your own fault. <laughs> um, so there is the ultimate Spider-Man, which was 2012 to 2017, um, which is 
kind of it's in this weird era of animation or uh, like children's cartoons. And I call this one a children's cartoon because they do a lot of like they have this like I don't, they, they had like some sort of MIDI board that just was a sound effect board where they would hit sound effects all the time. And they just love the like this monkey sound. And like there's this like fourth wall breakiness to it. But he also does these like. um, <laughs> Just really dumb things and like there's uh chiba versions of himself which is like a uh an, an art style of like doing the big head and the small body kind of like it, if you think like a funko pop uh would be the the way i guess i would describe it Something uh, with. yeah exactly so like they do that and then they like make the, all the characters really annoying but there's like interesting stuff because he actually crosses over with the spider-verse uh comic books which is super cool and like a really interesting like dynamic but you have to slog through like four like three seasons of crappy really childish dumb humor a lot of the times to get to that and i don't like that um that's a pretty big slog to get to the good stuff right there's also Marvel Spider-Man, which was on uh, Disney XD. That one's also kind of it got a weird animation style. That's is that the one where it has the thumbnail and half his face is Spider-Man and the other half is Peter? Yes, I've seen that like a million times on Disney Plus and I've never clicked on it. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. You're saving yourself time. Um, <laughs> okay. That one. It's yeah, that one's not super great. Uh, I, or at least I don't think it is. It's kind of it's I think it's better than the uh, ultimate Spider-Man just because it has less of the dumb comedy. But, you know, it's still meh. And then there's like there's a really like oh, then Spider-Man Unlimited. I briefly talked about that. He like goes to another planet and has to battle the high evolutionary and his suit is made out of uh microbots uh that's really weird don't uh if you really like spider-man watch that but if you don't it's not worth your time and then i think there's even like an mtv version that was like a cgi animated thing that ran for one season and everybody hated it and i can't remember what else i, th- I think that was the just spider-man mtv or something like that you could probably type in yeah i, I remember seeing previews for that <laughs> back in the day so i was like edgy and or like gave off that edgy feel spider-man the new animated series that's what it was called yeah <laughs> and it, it and it looks like early early cgi like 2003 this was it's terrible um <laughs> so it's not a lot of great options from the sound of it I mean, yeah, there's not there's 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 not too many terrible. I mean, you could also go back to Spider-Man and his amazing friends in the uh, <laughs> the early 80s. That's uh, I used to watch that. I can't remember why it was like on a TV show or something like that. I um, and it would or a TV channel and they would play it and I would watch it and be like, wow, this is bad. But then I would just keep watching it because it was noise. Yeah, something in the background. But I think, yeah, I do have to say that between the spectacular Spider-Man and this animated, the Spider-Man animated series, uh, those are the best, best animated stuff out there for Spider-Man. Well, it's good to know. Um, but we've talked through the the animated series portion of uh, everybody's favorite neighborhood Spider-Man, so. We're going to get into video games now, which is one of our other favorite uh, mediums for this character. And Miguel, you had mentioned a game that I remember playing a lot on my Sega Dreamcast as a kid. (laughs) And I don't recall everything, but I have a few vivid memories. So why don't you uh, kick us off with that? And then we'll, we'll get into some other stuff later. Yeah, for sure. So we're talking about Spider-Man. That's it. The 2000 uh, video game, which was developed by Neversoft, which mm-hmm. for those out there who are like Neversoft, that sounds really familiar. They were uh, the guy or they're the guys. They're the company 
that did a lot of um, like Tony Hawk games and later on went on to do like Guitar Hero stuff like that. So um, they also had that really cool uh, like eyeball, like it would crawl and then like a spear would come down through the eyeball. I like vividly remember that in a lot of uh, the startup menus and I always thought it was super cool and edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Gets you pumped up. 90s. Woo. Um, so they did quite a few games. They, I mean, they did a lot of the Tony Hawk games, and that's really where I vividly remember them from um, playing a lot of those. And then later on, the Guitar Hero stuff. But in their between their massive franchises of Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero, they did a few other little uh, stuff like, you know, Spider Man 2000, the video game. And this one was very interesting i vividly remember the storyline of like you're battling symbiotes uh there's also uh black cat which i'm gonna say for probably a few people was a uh we'll say a sexual awakening um because my god that top was cut so low and she had some great just pixel three pixel boobs pretty much because back then that's all you could really get so it was just pretty much a, uh, a a pyramid coming off of her chest lots of pausing during those things <laughs> for the fellows yeah so you are battling so this is actually one of the first games where you got to kind of swing around the city as a whole there's uh symbiotes attacking you are able to kind of experience what it's like being a spider man swinging around uh now this isn't really good swinging it's like you point in a direction you 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 jump off a building you hit the swing button and spider-man swings the way you were facing no kind of real moving or turning or whatever and you just swing until you hit a building and they incorporated which i thought was really cool was to kind of get around the graphical problems that they had of like not being able to render a full city they had it be that I think Mysterio or another character like released us a, a gas in the city that you couldn't go down into or it would kill you. And that was how they got around like rendering like streets and stuff like that. It's just a bunch of buildings sitting in this fog. And mm-hmm. so I always like later in life, I thought that was like a really good way to use your tech limitations to enhance the story you were telling, which I feel like is not something that gets used a lot of now in, uh, modern games just because they have those capabilities and don't have as many, uh, the same restrictions. Sure. But there was like the same goons. I remember like they used, the goons had like really big guns and I always thought they were fists for a really long time, but it's just like, they're just guns the size of forearms that they would wave at you. And then you could like get like, you could web up your fists to punch people harder. And I all I can't remember. There was one portion I just struggled at so hard, and then I had to have one of my friends come over and beat beat him. I think it was the the final boss where uh, Carnage uh, absorbs into Doctor Octopus, and I think also Venom, and then he becomes this like terrifying monster, and he chases you down this hallway, and I just kept dying. So I'd have an, one of my friends solve it for me, so I could beat at the game. Because <laughs> back in the day, there was not a ton <laughs> of uh, online resources to help you through those points you couldn't get past on your own. So you bring a friend over who's better <laughs> at it than you are. Yeah, exactly. Or hope they could they figure out something you were missing. But the animations are really crazy. Like I remember, um, I had this for PlayStation, and if I remember correctly, the PlayStation version wasn't as good as the uh dreamcast version the playstation what looked or the dreamcast version was a little bit higher quality than the playstation version and i even i'm looking online here um to to refer back to what i was talking about um on the playstation version black cat has definitely like pyramid boobs on the dreamcast version they actually look rounded so and on that same hand like um spider-man's costume you can actually see like the black line webs on the dreamcast version versus the playstation version you couldn't so <laughs> yeah so i had it a little bit better playing on dreamcast then. you did have a little bit better in more, more than one way 
I didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but no. yeah, it was, I mean, it was a fun game. You got to beat up bad guys. Guy was like a whole storyline about symbiotes and uh, Venom was there every once in a while. He, he was a dick. Uh, you battle, I think the lizard and I feel like Rhino scorpion shocker. There's, there's a pretty big rogues gallery. Um, there is even a second one to this or like a sequel um that did not get as much hype and was not as good uh where you it's like revenge of shocker or some crap but i never played that one i just played this one because it was better i do love how so many spider-man games are like total rip-offs of like some comic book somewhere <laughs> and it would never like be a title on any <laughs> like major like film production or anything like that cracks me up um I remember one level in this game very vividly because I died a lot during it. And maybe you'll remember, Michael, but I don't recall all of the context behind this. All I recall is that you're having to scale up a wall of a building and you have been like framed for something and the cops are trying to like basically blow you up with rockets. Yeah. And Spider-Man is yelling at them like, no, it wasn't me. It was an imposter. I heard that line like 50 times. <laughs> I this. And I, for whatever reason, maybe I just wasn't very good at the game, but I died over and over and over and over again during that <laughs> sequence of the game. So it's burned into my memory as you know, one of those that just took forever on my own to get past right where there's like um targets and like searchlights and like wooden boards and you had to like crawl a certain pathway and if the light saw you then the target would come and shoot you right yeah something yep. Like that. yep yep <laughs> i remember that <laughs> i remember that i don't think i had uh i feel like i actually i feel like i did certain sections of games because obviously you know um at a certain point you um to start going over games because you didn't have as, have as many as a kid. I feel like I actually did that part for fun. Um, <laughs> Cause like, I feel like you have to blow up panels. Don't you? I think that was what it was too. Man. I have not. Yeah. I have not played this game. I think since then on the dreamcast. So these, these are just what I'm going off of like, oh, Holy crap. Yeah. I definitely remember hating that and getting very frustrated and maybe rage quitting a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And I'm seeing stuff in here that there's, it looks like online that there's either mods or that you could get multiple costumes in it. Oh, that's cool. I I'm pretty sure it looks like you can get multiple costumes. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the next thing? <laughs> So to go with something a little more recent, um, probably my favorite Spider-Man game that I've played and definitely my favorite superhero game that I've played in a very long time, at least outside of the Batman Arkham games, is Spider-Man, I guess, PS4. I mean, it's I think it's just called Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, but it came out in 2018, uh, developed by Insomniac Games, was a PS4 exclusive at the time. And let me tell you, friends, if you are a Spider-Man fan and you have not played this game, I, I'm sorry. Because in a lot of ways, I think this is one of my favorite versions of Spider-Man that's been adapted in any medium. I really do love the character of Peter in this game. He feels like he has been through some shit already and is a very experienced Spider-Man who has not only had a lot of ups and downs, fighting crime and swinging webs in uh, the, the concrete jungle that is New York City, but he has also had ups and downs in his relationships, uh, most notably probably with Mary Jane. And I always kind of go off of a Spider-Man game, at least these days, not back when, when we had so many technological limitations, but with everything they can do with games now, a Spider-Man game really comes down to, is the web, sling, web swinging really good? And do you have the freedom to not just do the story and, you know, 
all the main quests and whatnot, but are you also able to go and do a bunch of side quests and go around and, you know, collect stuff in New York City and, you know, all these, you know, little random things that you can do. And I think they really pulled off those aspects very well. Um, this universe is known as <laughs> Earth uh, 1048, Michael, which you may have been aware of since you're well-versed in those things. But um, I feel like this world that they build with his rogues gallery and with the characters that he knows all feels, at least to me, like pretty faithful versions of what I know. There's also a more mentor-protege slash father-son relationship between Doc Ock and Peter. And that took me a little bit by surprise. I was not really expecting that going in. And that creates some pretty dramatic scenes throughout the game. Um, so it's a blast to play. It looks really good on the PS4. They have since remastered it and released it on the PlayStation 5 and also for Windows. So I think Steam fans have been able to get their hands on this in the recent uh, or the past year or so. And yeah, I, I had a blast with it when I first played it. I've been picking it up recently again. It's just really smooth to pick up and I think I played it for a couple hours the other day and I didn't do a damn thing in the main story. So it's, it's fun. It's, it's really easy to jump in and out of. And there's a lot of customization too and how you level up your Spider-Man, what you spend skill points on, which suits you want to unlock and which ones you'd like to wear, uh, the different abilities you'd like to have. You can take selfies in front of the Avengers Tower and uh, the Sanctum Santorum and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, it's great. Uh, anything you would probably want in a Spider-Man game is in this game. So I really like the Insomniac games because they, like you were saying, they give you that customization. They give you that feeling of like, this is your Spider-Man. But also I feel like the stories that are told in this game are are impactful, are emotional, are uh, interesting because they do let you kind of play as your own character and it is just so fun swinging around this city being a part of it uh doing all the spider-man-y things you can do and it is just a blast and a half yeah it <laughs> it's great and they've found out some pretty clever ways to immerse more of the Spider-Man canon into the game without inundating you with like cutscenes and side quests. Um, for instance, J. Jonah Jameson has a podcast in this game, which <laughs> plays while you're swinging, you know, throughout New York and you can turn this off if you want to, but I don't know why you would. And he's, you know, doing his usual Jameson shtick where, you know, talking down about Spider-Man and, uh, you know, running that similar crusade. I wanted to bring it up because earlier you had talked about the Scorpion in the 1990s animated series and his partnership of sorts <laughs> with Jameson being a storyline. And they talk about that in here and he's addressing the accusations that he's responsible for unleashing a supervillain on the city. And of course he's, he's deflecting and it's, it's very much faithful to the character. Also, I think they were going for a little bit of political commentary with that and what <laughs> be in today's news cycle and, you know, in our social media and such. So I appreciated all that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. And the only thing that kind of tripped me up is it's similar to the Batman Arkham games in that you're trying to counter and then use that counter to strike an opponent or you do a combo of sorts or something. The buttons are different <laughs> in this game in terms of the layout as opposed to Arkham. So having come from Arkham somewhat recently and jumping back into this game, I uh, hit the wrong button a number of times starting out <laughs> until I, I got past my muscle memory. So 
that's just you know a personal nitpick and nothing really to do with the game at all it just it it messed me up a little bit there i don't know jesse it sounds like definitely a, a thing that you're failing the entire video game on just one thing to me yeah game sucks. <laughs> um i think th this game is almost perfect in my mind except for i feel like there's too much uh too much uh extra side stories and uh too much time playing as other characters like one you know mary jane watson mm -hmm. uh i kind of get very tired and irritated by that uh very quickly in this game because i'm like i'm i, I want to play a spider-man game to play a spider-man game not to kind of bumble my way around as like a detective in this world so yeah um, yeah i don't know if that was influenced maybe by the success of like naughty dogs games where they do stuff like that but i i agree it if it was just a once or twice it would be okay but it is a little too frequent for my taste as well yeah i i came to my i you got a lot of mary jane in my spider-man game here <laughs> and also a miles which is great because later on you know he becomes you know an, another spider-man but then the times i'm still doing the same this crouching sneaking thing i'm like I'm sorry. I'm here for action-packed, high web swinging fun, not crouch behind crate. <laughs> I, I can yeah. play. I can play a Gears of War game for that. Yeah, and you don't even get the uh, the giant machine gun with the chainsaw on the end. So I know. You, I, you admittedly, that would make those sections better. I think Mary Jane just was like, yeah, cutting people in half. Spider-Man barges in. What did you do? Yeah, if you haven't played this game, I would definitely recommend picking it up on whichever platform is most convenient to you. I mean, especially if you're a fan of Spider-Man, but even if you just like superhero games, this is probably the best one we've gotten anytime in recent memory. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's even I think the potentially might be considered heresy in some circles. But I feel like this is the best web swinging uh, of any of the games. And that also includes Spider-Man 2, the movie tie-in video game, where people say that's like how they def like that is the one that like crawled before all these other Spider-Man's web swinging functions could walk. Hey, man, what a terrific segue, because I believe that's the game we were going to talk about next. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It's like totally unplanned or something like that. It's like we kind of know what we're doing here yeah um so i wanted to i wanted to bring this one up just because i think it was uh, a video game that i was probably one of the first ones that i ever not like a hundred percent completed but was something that oh that's interesting Sorry, I was pulling it up online to see because of the stupid algorithm. All it's pulling up is Spider-Man 2 uh, Insomniac game, not Spider-Man 2, the movie tie-in video game. <laughs> but this is one of the first games that I ever actually, I think, almost 100% completed or at least did my best to. Uh, I think vividly there was the, I don't know if you ever did this, Jesse, but there was the hint buttons that you could press and it would give you a hint or like a little uh, fun fact or something like that. It was all voiced by uh, Bruce Campbell, who was the, uh, was he the, the usher in this one, I think? Yes, in Spider-Man 2, he was the usher. In the first one, he was the ring announcer. Number three, he was the waiter at the restaurant. Okay. Yeah, so in this one, so you go around and you hit these little hint things, and there's like so many throughout the city, and one of them and each one he could hit it and it would tell you like you know wall swing by this doing this thing or uh you know there's said to be lizards in the sewer someplace uh, or black cats uh figure or black cats measurements are yada 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 which to me as a <laughs> a teenage boy didn't mean anything but I was just like, that clearly means she's got boobs or something. Cause that's, you know, she's yeah. <laughs> but 
it was defining in such a way that I was like, wow. And there was one hint that if you hit it, it said, if you hit all the other hints, they will say, uh, if you get all of them, they will say something new. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they would program that into this game. And do you know what I did, Jesse? Mm. I went around and I found every single one of those hints and I pushed all of them. And I was so excited because I completed it 100% for that challenge in my head. And I hit the hint that I was standing in front of again. And do you know what it said, Jesse? What's that? Something new. <laughs> and then I was like, seriously? And so then I hit it again. And in Bruce Campbell's same voice, he was like, something new. And I hit it again. It was like, something new. And then he... And I just kept hitting it. And he must have recorded like 50 voice lines that were just like something new, something new, something new, something new, something new. And it was just like the greatest thing in the world for me. Well, that sounds like something that would uh, would have uh, given you a laugh or two back in the day. So I think that tracks. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was I was pretty pissed about the whole thing because I was like, I spent a lot of time doing that. But it was definitely worth it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I had the conviction to fall through all the way. I might have given up like halfway through. <laughs> but past that, I think this game is like it, it is defining as it can possibly be for a Spider-Man game. It is like like I said, the web slinging, the um the the baddies in here like unfortunately this game is a tie-in video game because gosh if it wasn't this could have been amazing for a movie uh or sorry this could have been an amazing game if it was, didn't have to get stuck being a tie-in movie like they had to follow these storylines because so many times it felt like this game was like really wanting to be more than it could be because they were freaking they had it freaking stuck behind this just being a tie-in movie and it just frustrates me to no end because of that so yeah well to your point they did a lot to sort of set themselves apart from the movie that they were <laughs> they were stuck on the hip of and that was sort of rare back in the day for games like this no yeah i i mean to be clear, I think this is a, an amazing standout game in spite of it being a movie tie-in game. Mm -hmm. The there's so there's villains out the wazoo. There's uh, for there I you face. I'm pretty sure like the the vulture. I mean, again, I'm going to say a bunch of guys, and you're like, oh yeah, we already talked about these ones. But past like Doc Ock being the main villain, there's also uh, Shocker and Rhino, Vulture, uh, Mysterio is iconic in this game. Um, and he, uh, I, I remember his, his big, his final boss fight after you thwart a bunch of his crap is you, you go to a, like a convenience store that he's robbing and you show up and then you see his health bar, like raised, like goes like broop, 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 and like fill three times, which you've never seen a health bar like that, um, in the game as of yet. And you're like, Oh gosh. What's going to happen? This is going to be some crazy fight. And then you punch him once and he just goes down. <laughs> villain of the week esque. Oh, yeah. It was because he's the master of illusion. He's not a, you know, he's not the guy that's going to uh, be able to re really take a punch. Like, come on now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But I think that, I mean, it's, man, I just love this game so much because it was so influential. Seems incorrect or unfair. But it does uh, like you when you I remember like the ads for the game talking about when you web in this game, you really like you web in actual like locations. You're you go to location, your web sticks to a building. And if there's no building there, you don't web to it. And that was something that a lot of other games hadn't attempted at that point, unless the entire focus was where the web was going. But you could web around the city. And if you tried to swing out into, um, the Statue of Liberty, you couldn't make it unless you jumped on one of the hot, like two helicopters that went around in that area. And then you webbed onto it. And you're like, all right, cool. I grabbed it and then swung out there. 
and then you got to wait for one to come back so you can get back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I remember that being like one of the like iconic screen caps of the game it was Spider-Man like uh, on the face of the Statue of Liberty because mm-hmm. before this, I mean, to your point, like they had web slinging and the Spider-Man uh, game on the PlayStation and the Sega Dreamcast, there was web slinging in the movie tie-in game for the first Spider-Man Raimi movie, but there was nothing anywhere close to the type of web slinging and the freedom that you had in this one. Yeah, and I think it just shows you like the quality that can be put out, even though it is a movie tie-in game. Now, being said, the Spider-Man 3 uh 2007 one is pretty pretty terrible i think you've probably seen the uh the the spider-man fails in that where like he's swinging and he falls like flat on his face because he doesn't nail a quick time and then like some horrific animated zombie crazy looking lady who's just uh early 2000 cgi character is like i'm gonna die and then it like explodes (laughs) (laughs) i mean spider-man 3 was just a rough go of it on uh multiple media <laughs> yeah it's just the video game very true no i i'm with you and i don't know what it was about the mid 2000s maybe it was because there were less you know console exclusives happening back in those days maybe it was just the fact that um this was kind of before online play started to rear its head as being sort of what developers were catering their games to. Maybe it was just because we had a lot of kick-ass developers in a lot of different places on a lot of different systems making games. But 2004, 2005, like really, really good years for video games across the board. And I think this is a shining example of that. Yeah, no, fully agree. It's uh, just a perfect one to be like, look, this is why games were good. (laughs) And you can do good things if you try hard. Try hard. Yeah, yeah. I think for a very long time, this was like the defining um, version of what can be achieved in a spider-man video game and thankfully we've had a more recent example that sort of lived up to that but do we have the insomniac version if this one doesn't come before it i don't know probably not so to your point it it, i think was very highly influential it just took a really long freaking time for somebody to actually grab the torch and do something with it yeah exactly i i do think that it we have a lot there's a lot of spider-man games out there they are influential and uh in their own rights i think these across uh shattered dimensions um web ones those ones were also really big in increasing um like the 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 knowledge base around other yeah. characters like uh, Spider-Man Noir and uh, Spider-Man 2099 because it really helped increase that visibility. And that's also probably what helped us get to all the other movies we've gotten so far. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all connected. But uh, <laughs> no, I think to this day, it's uh, looked upon as one of the very best, not only Spider-Man games, but I think superhero games in general that have been released yeah which is which is great to see the only other games i wanted to touch on real quick and uh emphasis on real quick because i don't have much to say i just remember playing these as a kid one of them was spider-man return of the sinister six which i believe I had on my Sega Genesis. I am seeing that it was released for the NES, so it could have been there. Um, this was a side-scrolling game where you fight a different member of the Sinister Six, Electro, Sandman, Mysterio, Vulture, Hobgoblin, and Doc Ock. At the end of each of these levels as a boss, 
like a lot of the side-scrolling games, you jump, punch, you can kick, duck, climb walls and trees, and shoot webs to swing, and collect web fluid to shoot square web projectiles. So <laughs> it, I would assume, is a perfectly fine side-scroller. I think Spider-Man in a side-scrolling game is a fucking crime against humanity in some <laughs> ways because you can't do anything that really makes you feel like you're spider-man you're just another video game character of sorts but i digress uh the <laughs> other one that i remember playing a lot as a kid which i mean these are all side scrollers because thems was the times but it was spider-man and venom maximum carnage and also <laughs> a side scroller beat em up um but instead of just being able to play as spider-man you also can play as venom in this game and you can play uh, co-op with a buddy um, and then you have a lot of allies from other marvel comics that show up and you're just trying to fight through the levels so you can defeat carnage <laughs> on a quick note i sucked as spider-man in this game I always had to play as Venom to get anywhere because I would just die when I played this by myself unless I was Venom. So there you have it. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, have played other games as well, but I, for whatever reason, those two stand out. And of course, the, the movie tie-in ones because those were, those were popular when we were kids. <laughs> I mean, fair. It's like we said, like I was saying at the beginning, like the the Spider-Man character just weaves his way into so many uh, generations with defining or, you know, world defining video games and uh, media of all sorts. So from for, for good or the worst, they're better or the worst, you know, sometimes. He's also in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. But when uh. we played that with our friends, that devolved into just breaking stuff so whoever broke things could be the first one to collect a coin which was just <laughs> basically mario party in a marvel game at a yeah. certain point yeah it was it was <laughs> the is the breakdown of society in that game is really what it felt like good times perfect all right well um i think we should wrap it up here jesse we've kind of rambled and talked for a while so yeah i mean month spider-man we'll do that to you i think uh i think we we've earned a break from our favorite web, our favorite web slinger. So, oh, that web head, perfect. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening to Hit the Reel, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. We try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, but hey, if we got anything wrong or we missed your favorite spider media. Uh, feel free to email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, feel free to take a look in the description of the episode for our Patreon. We love the support. And like always, hey, keep it real.